telltale sign of pooping through your clothes is that the smell hits you immediately because it's out there <laughs> in the open air. Hello, I'm Justin. I'm Mark. We're the J-Pops. And we are attempting parenting in Japan. Today, we're going to talk about a few medical issues, but first, the updates. Take it away, Mark. Welcome to, what is this, episode 26? Uh, sounds right to me. This week, Coda is five weeks old. As of this recording, five weeks in maybe three days. And we have had a crazy busy week. Man, we've gone so many places, seen so many people, and had so many health problems. Mm. I don't even remember what happened on what day. Like, it was that kind of week. <laughs> wow. I saw you one of those days, and I think it was just after the health crisis. But I yes. can't keep track of days anymore either. I think that was a Wednesday. We went to the port of Kanazawa and saw some cruise ships and some co-workers of Moe's and Ayumi's. And it was pretty nice. That was a good time. Yeah, big port event. They had a band playing down there, like a big, uh, probably high school orchestra yeah. type thing. The day before that, I think we, I took... Coda by myself, we had a, a little tulip festival near where we live. So I took him mm -hmm. to that and met up with Moy's cousin and her husband and kid. And we walked around there and that was pretty cool. Was she too sick to go to that? Is that what happened there? She was. Yeah. She was on the mend, but she was still kind of in pain and out of it. So I just, I went and gave her some respite in the morning. And yeah. We looked into going to that tulip festival. But uh, you're really close to it, and it's a bit of a drive for us. Yeah. And uh, it looks lovely. It's very famous, and I've always known about that Tulip Festival in Toyama. But um, when we started to hash it all out in the schedule with, you know, feeding the baby, taking the long drive, walking around outside, feeding the mm. baby, and driving back, it was like, we'll just look at pictures of it on the internet. <laughs> That'll be fine. That's what a lot of our decision making comes down to these days. Yeah, it was good. Even for me, I'm like 20 minutes away from it. And man, why does Japan do this? Every time there's an event, they narrow down the entrance to one only. And mm. there's only one exit ever. So you have this line of cars and it doesn't even matter if it's busy or not. Suddenly one entrance, it makes it busy. So you're just sitting in this line of cars. I was like a half an hour early for this thing. And I was still in this line of traffic going like five kilometers an hour. Yeah, we had a similar thing at the ports. Oh, God, the port. Such a stupid design. <laughs> it's, a, it's a brand new facility uh, open just in time for coronavirus. And uh, they had multiple entrances and several parking lots. And all of those are closed down. And all the traffic filters through like one traffic light to get in there. So, And it's the dumbest traffic light ever because it's so fast. Like you're lucky <laughs> if like six cars can get through and then it changes uh, to yellow. Like it's so yeah. it's it's irritating if you can't tell. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to bash the port facility, but also, you know how in Japan they have those signs outside of parking lots that light up and it says either full and it says that in a red character or it says mm. like open if, and it has a green character. So, you know, if there are spaces or not, right, there's no gate to the parking lots. So there's no like raising and lowering. So it means they're not counting cars as they go in and out, but it still has that lit up sign of full or, mm. you know, like spaces available. And Ayumi told me that it's done 
uh, not automatically, but it has to be done manually. Somebody has to flip <laughs> the switch to make it full or close. But cars are coming and going all day long, so it's not worth like putting somebody on the case. Yeah, the lot that we parked in <laughs> said full, but I could clearly see I don't know fifty spots open in it. It's like, well, I'll take one of those in the full lot, I guess. Um, but they need to iron out a few kinks there. I think. Yeah, port. it's a it's a beautiful Definitely. building. Lovely. It is. It is well done. It is very pretty. Nice to get around once you've dealt with the parking, but that is an issue. <laughs> I heard that, you know, where we saw the band playing was actually on the second floor on a massive terrace and mm. it's overlooking the water uh, or the massive cruise ship in our case. I've heard that they do weddings up there because it's such a beautiful spot. Oh, yeah, it must be. That must be great up there. So, yeah, you know, go there for your events, but bring your own parking lot attendants with their <laughs> light up sticks. <laughs> like bring yeah. some guys who know semaphore to get all the cars in and out. It's it's pretty amazing. Like we parked in like the first lot that you go into and then you literally have to drive through the whole place to get back to the exit. So you have to pass every other parking lot, but there's a parking <laughs> lot in the middle that's just got entrances and exits on both sides that go in and out to that roundabout way. And I'm always amazed like people don't use that to cut through to save time. Cause I did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I probably jumped in front of 50 cars. <laughs> You're like Hudson finding the Northwest passage. <laughs> I don't think Hudson actually found the Northwest passage. I'm just trying to mix some names and references together, but you're uh, like a great explorer. Uh, that's right. Navigating. <laughs> I'm great for navigating crappy parking lots. Pioneer. Uh, so our boy, Nico, he's at 12 weeks now, just shy of three months. Um, this week, is golden week so i think a lot of people did a lot of traveling and Mm. we were no exception um we went to my wife's grandmother's house which is way up in noto at the top of a mountain it's about a two and a half hour drive so first of all let me say we piled in me my wife the baby my wife's mom my wife's dad and all of our luggage in the honda freed my friend (laughs) we just stacked it up man i thought we were gonna get one episode without you mentioning the (laughs) freed No, man, (laughs) we've got to honor this lucrative sponsorship deal that we have with Honda. (laughs) I keep mentioning them, Uh, but we went up to the top of the mountain. Then the next day, you know, my wife's grandmother doesn't have a car. So if somebody, you know, shows up with a car, sometimes it's a good opportunity for her to shop. So then I drove my wife's mother and grandmother back down the mountain the next day to town. We shopped, ran, you know, a few errands, went to four or five different shops, went back up the mountain. And after all this driving up and down the mountain from here all the way out there, the gas tank was still on full. Just one of those digital readouts. And it was all the way to the max. And that's the hybrid lifestyle right there. It's pretty impressive. Yeah. So we had probably three and a half hours, maybe four hours of driving. And Hmm. uh, I'm sure we used gas, but it just never dipped below 100% full. It's deeply satisfying. Yeah, I definitely don't have that in my truck. I go to the grocery (laughs) store. I have to fill it back up. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) God, I I loved it. We lost a lot of of gas on the way back home. I mean, they started ticking down. Oh, yeah. Anyway, yeah, so it all caught up to us. But I, I felt really good about that. And I, of course, have to sing the praises of the Freed again. This is the reason that I bought that car, the six-seater. I thought, you know, five people on a trip like this and then one extra seat mm. to hold the bags and stuff. 
and it really worked out. So I was I was pleased. But another thing that we did on the way was we stopped off at um, a Kodomono He, not really a festival, but a uh, kind of a display. Something was set up. Kodomono He is Children's Day. That was May 5th. And um, Children's Day, interestingly, is geared toward boys. Oh, really? Yeah. In the old days, up until 1948, I learned it was actually called Boys Day. So hmm. a lot of the traditions around Children's Day in the old days, they were intended for boys. And so it gets passed on through the generations, all the sort of boys or boyish stuff. And it still has this vibe of being a boy's holiday. Also, there's another holiday called Hinamatsuri on March 3rd. And that's uh, it could be translated as Dolls Day or it could be it's often called Girls Day. So hmm. there's a Girls Day. So might as well have a Boys Day. But Hinamatsuri, is it really just for girls? It's more about the dolls. And then Boys Day, is it really for boys? It's about the children. So there's this confusion around all the children's days. But officially on paper, it's called Kodomonohi and it is Children's Day. And what they'll do is they'll hang up those wind socks that look like fish. Right. And there's a place in Noto, uh, pretty close to my wife's grandmother's house. And they string those fish across a river. Um, I mean, row after row after row, almost as far as the eye can mm-hmm. see down this river. Uh, there's like these fishy wind sock things hanging over it. And it's like a great photo opportunity. So we stopped off there. Anyway, that was our golden week escapade that's all that we had going on pretty much baby wise this week are we ready for some segment time uh yes let's do it i guess to uh circle back to kind of the health issues we were teasing last sunday uh after we me and my wife went to bed like she usually gets up and does like the midnight feeding. So mm-hmm. she got up and did that. And then I think it was maybe like an hour or two after that, she started having agonizing pain in her left boob and a sudden terrible fever. Like she mm. was complaining of having chills and just being cold all over. And then just this pain that, and also it was kind of like a hot pain, I guess. Mm-hmm. So this weird combination of, being really cold, but also really hot at the same time. Was this like a rush to the hospital kind of fear or kind of worry? Or how? what were you thinking at that moment? I wasn't thinking much because I had just been suddenly woken up out of sleep. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's kind of hard to gauge with Moe sometimes because I don't think that her scale of pain is on the same level as mine. Mm-hmm. So where I would react... Maybe if something's like super painful, I might react a little bit. Otherwise, if there's a little bit of pain, I might not say anything. She's the opposite. She's going to tell me about every pain. Mm. I think we were trained by the American healthcare system to ignore pain until the last (laughs) possible minute when it's going to cost you many thousands of dollars to deal with. Yeah, that's true. Uh, No, so it wasn't really like a a rush to the hospital, but it was like, all right, let's get some ibuprofen in you and see if we can figure this out and Mm -hmm. then in the morning figure out if we want to go to the hospital which is what we did um another question like uh, was there a feeding between when the pain started in the breast and then when you went to the hospital and was she comfortable enough to you know breastfeed out of that breast or was that off limits uh no that was pretty much off limits yeah i don't remember if she did the other one or not but i do vaguely remember giving a bottle 
Okay. And I think even in the morning, because I usually take Coda down with me in the morning and then give her another couple hours sleep. So I think I did that then maybe a little bit early and had him bottle fed in the morning. And then when she came down, we figured out the hospital situation and when we should go and all that stuff. I guess it turned out that um, what she had is called mastitis, mm-hmm. which is a, and I'm going to quote the Mayo Clinic's description so I don't mess it up, uh, is an inflammation of the breast tissue that sometimes involves an infection. The inflammation results in breast pain, swelling, warmth, and redness. You might also have fever and chills. Mastitis most commonly affects women who are breastfeeding, called lactation mastitis. But mastitis can occur in women who aren't breastfeeding and also men. Hmm. So in Moe's case, it was the result of kind of the breastfeeding mastitis that uh, there was a blockage in the milk ducts. Interesting. So um, I was thinking it must have been some bacteria or something maybe that, you know, like from Coda's mouth or from, uh, you know, gauze or something like that. But it had nothing to do with the bacterial infection. It's just a blockage. Yeah. um, She went in to see the doctor the next day. And from what she told me about it, the doctor didn't seem to think that there was like an infection that caused it. It was more the blockage that might end up in an infection. So what they did was they gave her some antibiotics kind of preemptively, kind of just in case because the doctor Mm -hmm. wasn't sure. And then they they also massaged her boob a lot to kind of break up that blockage that was in there and kind Mm -hmm. of showed her showed her ways to kind of do that if it happens again, because I guess it's pretty common. And unless you're really like massaging and then feeding regularly like it can it can just come up again i was wondering about uh before you mentioned massage if they had any sort of medication that was like a like a milk thinner or something but the massage seems like a much less invasive way yeah i haven't seen anything like milk thinner or anything like that cool so then how quickly did it resolve itself after all that um it was a while and i think it was another full day so i dropped her off at the hospital in the morning she had to go and do a COVID test, which took like an hour. I had to wait in the car with her. And then she went and saw the doctor. That was like a couple hours. So I picked her up in the afternoon. And then she started taking all the antibiotics and the painkillers. So I think by the next day, the same time, she was feeling a lot better. And then you were sort of in charge of Coda, at least through that hospital visit, right? You had him with you. Yeah, we had a we had a guy's day for sure. Like I took him to the Eon Mall and we just cruised around while we were waiting. Then I had to go home and take the dog out for a walk. So me and him did the whole Sampo route with the dog and then drove back to the hospital with him. I think he was in the car seat maybe half the day Mm -hmm. just because we were in and out of places and it's easier if I just pick up the car seat and move him around. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Did um, you have any of those baby crisis moments like he poos all over every layer of his clothes or he won't (laughs) stop crying or gets mad fussy or anything he was like on his best behavior for boys day he was pretty good yeah he's always pretty good we don't have any issues too much the most fussy he'll be is when he just wants to be held and then you'll pick him up and kind of walk him around the living room for a bit and he's totally chill i've heard of uh some of my friends they mentioned that their babies are colicky they have mm. the colic and they just 
cry and cry and there's no way to make them feel better. And uh, I can't imagine because, you know, it's a lot to deal with just having a kid in the house. But then imagine you cranked your kids like crying up to 10. Yeah. My goodness. So my heart goes out to all you colicky baby parents out there. Yeah, seriously. We've got a pretty chill boy ourselves. And if he's got a problem, then there's a a reason that we can identify and we can fix him up. And then he's like smiling again within a few minutes. Coda doesn't get too colicky, but he's had a couple. It's always the evening and it's always right before bed. I don't know if it's like gassiness or just fussiness before bed, but he will give us some of the worst screams at that time, Mm. but generally not too bad. Before we get back to the medical events, I've got sort of a checklist in my mind of baby cries. Here's what could be the problem. Number one, he's hungry. And that's over half the time. So usually he's just a hungry man. Mm -hmm. Uh, Number two, he's just sick of it. He's just like, (laughs) he's been laying down and he wants to be sitting up or he's been sitting up and he wants to be laying down or he would rather walk than sit, you know? And then I started to think about if anybody sits in one position for too long, you just want to change it up. Yeah, for sure. Uh, So yeah, that's number two. Number three, he almost never cries for diaper reasons, but um, does Coda like wet his diaper or have a big poo and then cry about it right after. So it's always the, I've got to do this. I don't want to do this. And then it happens and he's like, oh, that yeah, wasn't so okay. bad. <laughs> so the, that's <laughs> another thing that'll be third or fourth on the list here for Nico is that there's a mysterious cry, which is my stomach hurts because I'm about to do a massive poo. And then that leads mm. to a diaper, but it's never that the diaper is uncomfortable. He's fine with it once it's happened. Right. And then uh, yeah. fourth on the list or fifth, I lose count now is that he needs to burp and it's a confusing one. But then once it's solved, it's so obvious, you know, you just pop him up, Hmm. pat him on the back, he burps and then he's cool again. Pretty much if you run down that list, that's the only thing that um, our babies ever needed Hmm. is one of those four or five things there. Yeah, that's kind of the same. So uh, you had Coda on a pretty good Coda day and then Moe got out of the hospital and then I guess it takes a right. few days for the antibiotics to take effect. Yeah. The next day is when I went, did the tulip festival with Coda. So I had him most of that day too. And she was still kind of feeling terrible and in pain. So I've never taken Nico out. Uh, we don't do the one parent in the car with Nico because we simply don't have a mirror to see his face you know, you put that mirror up oh, on the yeah. seat in the in the back seat so that you can look in the rearview mirror and see his face. And uh, I'm just sort of paranoid that something would be happening and I wouldn't be able to visually confirm it. Makes sense. I have a mirror. It's terrible. I can see his face, but it's one of those like you go into that clown exhibit where the mirrors make you bend yeah. and stretch. Yeah. And so his face, sometimes his forehead's like three quarters of the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> Terrifying. And then most of the time when you're actually driving, the thing shakes Mm. so bad. All you can see is, I think there's a baby face there. (laughs) Yeah, there's a vibrating baby back there. But he's pretty chill in the car. So as long as I know he's not in a shape that he shouldn't be in, (laughs) then it's fine. Yeah, that's a great age when the most trouble your baby can get into is a shape. Yeah, (laughs) we had uh, we can put Nico in the corner of the sofa. Our sofa has some like pretty tall, rigid armrests. So you can lean him between the armrest and the back. And then he's seated on the cushion, of course. Mm. 
and uh, he'll sit there and he'll just nice. sort of look around with all that support. But one time we um, let him sit there and you can walk away from him, keep your eye on him, but he'll be sitting there and just looking around. And uh, one time mm. we looked over at him, <laughs> you know, like how you look away for five seconds and then you look back and we looked back and he was folded in half <laughs> or he, he had just <laughs> toppled. And I think his face was like down on the cushion. And so we uh, darted across the room and, and righted the ship. Like, oh, no, bad shape, yeah. <laughs> bad shape, bad shape. Uh, but yeah, we got him back up and he was in a good shape again. We moved on. I find that when I'm carrying Coda around, I'll usually have him up in like the burp position on my shoulder. Mm-hmm. And eventually his head just slowly goes to the left and it sudden somehow gets sideways. Mm. But he's still like being held in the same position. I don't know if he likes it or if his body just does it. Yeah, <laughs> it's interesting when they get a bit of neck control. I think it still takes so much effort. That they're like, okay, I can keep my yeah. head up. And then three minutes later, they're like, I'm done with this. And then they go all like Oregon. Yeah. That was my problem with the um, with the car seat. Our mm-hmm. version of it doesn't seem to have much neck support. And so when Nico was very young in the first month or two, uh, occasionally you'd see him in the car seat. And it's like his head's at a 90 degree angle to the side to the rest mm. of his body. But anyway, is that it for a medical report? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much it. I think Moe's back to... 100% now or close to it just being more careful with the breastfeeding I think it before that we didn't realize how important it was to be on a regular schedule with it like do it either pump or feed every like two to three hours mm-hmm. and make sure that you know she's actively like massaging to try to get those mm-hmm. blockages out of there otherwise they could create some kind of issue Mm. did she take a day or two break from all breastfeeding entirely i'm just thinking that she was on antibiotics and also just the pain and and that sort of thing yeah they said all that was fine for it and uh breastfeeding was actually the best way to help make it better okay good so the fever didn't play into that i mean no no there was no issue even with a fever antibiotics and a bit of pain she still had to go ahead yep Definitely. So aside from that health issue, we've also had some health issues come up with Coda. Uh, One thing was baby acne that kind of came on the day after Moe started to have her mastitis Mm -hmm. issue. And it was just suddenly like the day before his face was almost perfectly clear. And then suddenly he had zits almost on every square centimeter of his face. Mm. And it was pretty terrible. I think you saw him maybe on the second day after that. So it was almost at its worst point. Mm -hmm. And it looked pretty terrible. He was pretty splotchy the day that I saw him. But um, I was telling you before that Nico, I don't know that he's had a full 24 hours where his face was all clear. It's just like, you know, little bits of acne or Mm. whatever it is. You know, some things are just like a little white bump that'll stay for a while or sometimes a little red like pimple looking thing just all different types of uh, little skin problems or just rough skin comes up from time to time or he peels a bit yeah and that happens so routinely that he might not have ever had 24 hours of just nice clear gorgeous baby skin Mm. but um coda definitely had like a pretty full-on splotchy face going on which i don't think nico's ever had at that level i hope he doesn't get it It, i I don't know if it was painful for him he didn't seem to fuss too much mm-hmm. unless he'd like flail his arms around and then maybe scratch mm-hmm. it 
but he would cry from that anyway. So I don't know if it made it worse. You know, the thing in, uh, I only heard probably when I was in my thirties that like when you get older and you exercise, you get muscle pain like two days later or something. Yeah. I had never heard that growing up. I don't know if it's a, a Japanese thing or if I just never came across it. Oh, really? That's pretty common. Yeah. When you're young and you exercise, your muscles hurt like that same day later that night. But now definitely I'll exercise and it's weeks that go by. And then I finally <laughs> you know, feel some <laughs> muscle pain, like my atrophied leg uh, or something. I find it to be kind of the opposite. Like I, as I age, I tend to get them quicker. I've noticed it according to the kind of, uh, the folklore or the the common wisdom uh, that as I've gotten older, it, there's a much bigger mm. delay on things like that. And just recovery time takes longer. So rewind the clock back to when you're a newborn baby. It's like yeah. these kids are like Wolverine or something like Nico will get a scratch on his face. <laughs> and I'm like, Oh, he sliced up his face with his fingernail. That's not good. Like a big red scratch. And then later that night, there's no trace of it. I'm like, I think you drew yeah. blood and now I can't see like what is going on. <laughs> so the same thing with the little pimples and, and baby acne and stuff. It It's amazing to see it sort of like appear and then disappear in a matter of hours when you would think it should last right. for a couple of days looking at it. Well, in Coda's case, it has been a couple of days. He had a really full on kind of bout with it. So yeah. yeah, that that had some staying power. Is he clearing up at this point? It's I'd say maybe half as good, maybe a little little better than half. Did you do anything in particular for it? Yeah, just uh, making sure his face is clean, not like letting him rub his face on maybe like my shirt that might be dirty mm -hmm. or towel that might be dirty because he does that sometimes after you feed him and he's burping. He'll just like his face will go back and forth and he's just like wiping it on your shoulder. Yeah. So try to prevent that a little bit and then putting lotion on his skin. I was actually surprised that the lotion would work. It seemed like everything I read about it was suggesting do not put lotion on acne, mm -hmm. but in his case, it seems to have helped it. Yeah. So maybe it's not just full acne. Maybe it's something else. Yeah. But cleaning his face and then putting lotion on it afterwards, mm. that's been our go-to. When we first did the bath training at the hospital before the baby was born, you know, we did that one hour session where they walked us through how to bathe mm. and change diapers. They didn't say to use soap on the baby's face at all. And then when Ayumi was in the hospital, yeah. they didn't use soap on the baby's face when, when they were bathing him. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Uh, so then when uh, she brought the baby home and we all started bathing him, we didn't put any soap on his face. Then we went for the one month checkup and he would have a bit of rough skin here and there, like a little bit of baby acne. And then the uh, midwife at the hospital told us like, oh, yeah, you can wash his face with soap. We're like, oh, nobody told us. Mm. So we kind of uh, <laughs> like he went a full month without a real wash. You know, you put a wet washcloth on his face and give him a scrub, but you don't we never used soap right. before. So then I started doing the full spa treatment, like little dollops of soap and then massage it in. Mm. And something that I've done, this is just, I haven't read this anywhere. This is just my thing. So it's not endorsed by anyone. Maybe not even by me. Oh. Uh, you know, when you rub the soap into his face, you probably use your fingertips. But if I noticed that he was having some kind of problem that was like a splotchy or a bit of a bigger problem than just like mm. a single bump or something, I would rub the soap in like with the nail side of my fingers and not like scratching, mm. but just I thought this has to be a little bit better for that kind of like, you know, exfoliation or 
you know, maybe getting rid of some of the, the dead skin on his face. So I would give him a little bit of the old gentle rub with the fingernails and it could just be uh, confirmation bias, but I think it's worked for him. Yeah. I've never even thought about it. Yeah. I think, yeah, we just put it on fingers, lightly rub it mm-hmm. and then wash it off with the cloth. And that seems to do the trick for yeah. us. I've read before uh, in the book, you know, the what to expect book about baby acne. They said that, you know, it's worrying and it's disappointing because you want to show off your baby. But then he's got this like uh, this whole problem going on. Mm-hmm. You feel bad about it. And then a lot of people's instinct is to really scrub, but scrubbing is not going to do him any good. So definitely don't go overboard. Uh, But I thought, let the soap have a better chance at um, cleaning him up by giving him a little bit of abrasion, you know, just a very slight abrasion when I apply it. So that's my method. Yeah, maybe. I do have one more health thing to talk about briefly. I guess yesterday we just noticed that uh, his left eye has been sticky and he's had a lot of like eye boogers come out of that eye specifically mm-hmm. that was concerning to us so moe called the the doctor again and was asking them like if we should bring him in like is this like an infection or whatever and i guess in some babies in the first couple weeks their tear ducts will get blocked mm. and that will cause their eyes to maybe get sticky and it could lead to conjunctivitis which is like red eye but it doesn't seem to have been that bad for coda just the blockage and then a little bit of stickiness Mm. so they just recommended that we we get some like special uh wet wipes to wipe his Mm -hmm. eye and then they actually told us to massage between his eye and his nose Mm -hmm. to kind of loosen up those those ducts and kind of release some of the blockage Mm. there how many days has it been since you got that advice Oh, this is the second day. And then have you noticed any difference in just the the one or two days? Yeah, it comes and goes, actually. So after we started doing it last night, we noticed that it was getting a lot better. Today, we noticed a little bit again, but it seems to be getting cleared up again as we do the wiping and little massaging. That's the worrying one. Um, You know, when you first have the baby, you think like, oh, man, this is going to be rough. Uh, One of them is like, how do I wash his eyes like that seems brutal (laughs) uh but i love how there are just enough instincts to make the job halfway easy you know like if you approach the baby's eye with a washcloth or a wet wipe he's gonna close it for you yeah it's pretty impressive you can kind of dive in there and give him a good uh a good once over i love that sort of Mm. stuff when you have a little anxiety and then the baby actually meets you halfway on it it's just like they're kind of few and far between but it's nice when it happens that's all the uh the health topics I wanted to cover today. So that brings us to my question for you is, my question for you is, since the baby arrived, how has your diet changed? Walk me through your eating habits before (laughs) and your eating habits after. And um, also, sub-question, do you think you've gained weight or lost weight? <laughs> sub sub question. Uh, has it affected your exercise? I'm going to answer these questions in reverse. Uh, it's totally affected my exercise. I'm barely able to do anything. <laughs> yeah. Like I was, I have a gym membership. It's like maybe a 20 minute drive away to the gym. Ooh. And I was going like five days a week and I was doing really, really good. 
I was really happy with how that was going. Dead stop <laughs> as soon as they come home from the hospital. Yeah, a 40-minute round trip is a huge ask. <laughs> Imagine all the stuff yeah. you should be doing with those 40 minutes. Like That's really tough. Plus the 40-minute to hour-long workout. Yeah. Plus the 10-minute shower. So you're looking at a three-hour <laughs> trip. <laughs> Impossible. Yeah, impossible. I, I also got a new bike and I was cycling more and I'm slowly trying to build that back in. But man, it's hard to get out more than like 15 kilometers at a time mm -hmm. these days. I've got all the same as you, especially with the cycling. A lot of it for me too is not working when I used to work. And so I would ride my bike at least 2K mm. every day just to get, well, I guess 4K round trip to get to and from work. And that stopped. And then, you know, I would also do longer rides on the weekends to go to like restaurants that I liked or to do shopping and that stopped. And so I've been on a bicycle <laughs> maybe four times in the last three months. And before it was like I would be on a bicycle four times in a day. And uh, it's, yeah. it's pretty remarkable. One thing I will say for uh, fitness with the baby is that you do extended periods of holding the baby and like flexing those biceps. And uh, I don't, I don't oh, know if man. it's made a difference to you, but to me also, it's like when you're working out, you'll exercise and then you'll be like, okay, I'm tired. I'm finished my set. I'm going to put this down and go home. But with the baby, it's like, well, I've been holding him for 30 minutes and I have to hold him for another 30 more. Let's do this. You know, yeah. and no matter how exhausted <laughs> you are, you still have a long way to go. And I feel like um, I've gotten stronger in that way, especially with my back and like standing up off the floor and holding a baby in both hands, like your balance gets a lot oh, better. Yeah. You sort of uh, realize you can lift yourself off the ground with just one leg, you know, from a seated position, which yeah. I would never. It's full CrossFit. It's CrossFit. <laughs> and uh, a lot of that like core strength, back strength, and especially I think arms like biceps in particular, it's gotten a lot better. Yeah. I think I don't find that's the case for me. It's a totally different workout. If anything, He's helped to tone down my biceps a bit more, but it's also created this weird thing where my forearms, the top of them, are now starting to develop more than they ever have. Mm. And I have these weird pains there. Mm, interesting. Because you're like holding him in this kind of cradled position, but all of your strength is coming from that forearm. So you have like a half an hour of forearm workout where you never had that before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My wife actually had a bit of uh, wrist trouble. And she was wearing some of those, like, mm. um, I don't know what you call them, but it's more or less like a Bengay kind of patch, you know, on the wrists, like an icy yeah. hot kind of soothing ointmenty patch. Yeah, she had a lot of wrist pain. And it's just once that baby hits five or six kilograms and you're literally with your yeah. wrist sometimes trying to manipulate that much weight when you didn't before, it becomes a whole new ballgame. Yeah. I've always had the same issue. She's actually had to go to orthopedics. Yeah, orthopedics. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so she had to find like an orthopedic doctor to help kind of figure out and help get her pain better. Because it's been like four weeks now, I think she's had this terrible pain in her wrist and her hand and even two of her fingers are numb because of it. To get back to your question, I think the second part of your question was about weight gain or loss. Yes. Oh, I've definitely gained. Oh, yeah. Actually, it might be it might have balanced out. I haven't actually weighed myself in a while because I've been afraid, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure I lost muscle and gained fat. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. So, so I think I'm at uh, an even. Yeah, so. plus minus zero. 
All right. Plus minus zero. In a way. Um, I haven't checked either. I don't weigh myself too often. I don't fluctuate. I never have that much in my life. But I would say now this like to go back one layer in this Tarantino. Um, what's the movie with the, <laughs> the jumps and Ken Watanabe and the spinning top at the end? The Quantum of Solace or something. What was that movie? <laughs> Wait a minute, you just said Tarantino. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, not a Tarantino movie, but in a Tarantino <laughs> style. But it's that... Uh, Are you thinking the DiCaprio movie? Yes, yes, yes. What was that? <laughs> the something... The something. Uh, it's like one of those one-word movies. The Continuum. The uh, No, that's not it. The Christopher Nolan movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're zeroing in on it now, boys. Uh, <laughs> the um, That wasn't... Oh man, it was Good luck editing this one. Interstellar. <laughs> uh, no, no, it was, no, that's uh, McConaughey. Okay. <laughs> it was, uh, all this will be gone in the edit, by the way. This is all. Gonna get. <laughs> <laughs> no, you got to keep it. Oh man, uh, it was uh, the world is not uh, enough. No, that probably wasn't. That's also a Bond movie. Yeah. Okay. Did I say the Quantum Whoa. of Solace? That wasn't it. That's also a Bond movie. Okay. Yeah. Well, um, we're too invested now. We have to figure it out. We're not going to Google it either. Oh, what is that? It's like it's like its own word now, you know, where people use it as a verb. Uh, to oh, How many people right now listening to this are just screaming the movie at us? <laughs> They're either screaming the movie or in absolute silence from themselves and what used to be their device playing this podcast. So they've turned it off. It was Inception. I got it. Inception. Inception. Well yeah, done. Just like Inception. Uh, <laughs> it's just like Inception. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to incept back up through the layers of questions. So uh, with the diet, I skip meals way more often than I used to. Oh, yeah. And a lot of that, too, is it's a work thing because I used to go to work and then I would have a routine of eating before and then okay there's a place i go for lunch and then come home and have dinner and it's all like my schedule was built around work and that disappeared so now if you wake up in the morning and don't eat anything and then you've got a couple of hours of baby tasks that spring up then it's like well breakfast is out the window now and then i'm also Mm. busy with other things and lunch has turned into a 3 p.m thing so uh that happens now and it used to never happen so i would say i'm eating Mm. like half as many meals as i used to eat uh so wow my um, weight and fitness and all that, it, my weight especially might have balanced out into something like, uh, you gotcha. know, put on my zero, as they say, like a plus minus zero. But uh, mm. I'm definitely less healthy, I would say. Yeah, me too, for sure. Before I was, I was pretty good. I dabbled with the keto diet for a while. So I was doing that maybe up to like a week before, I guess, Coda came home. And even before that I would be pretty healthy and have regular meals. And, but since then it's been like, you know, what can I microwave? Mm-hmm. Oh, I've got frozen pizza. Let's do that. Yeah. This morning before our podcast session here, um, it was a prime example of, I woke up, I didn't get right on the food, you know, I just sort of lounged around and then I did some bottle time with the baby and then he absolutely pooped through all of his layers of clothes again (laughs) which doesn't happen that often now it's like maybe once a week thing but he did it this morning and so i was like well man you just signed us up for bath time boy 
So got the whole bath sorted out. And then I think my wife mm. took care of uh, cleaning the clothes up and got all that done. And then I went back to feeding him. And then it was time to for us to meet for podcasting. Like that's how, you know, quickly oh. an hour and a half can just disappear. So just at the beginning of the podcast, I got a bowl full of peanuts and a spoon of raw cookie dough. And that was <laughs> my breakfast. That's what I'm subsisting on right now. Breakfast of champions. Yeah. And as soon as we finish this, I'm sure something else will spring up and I might, you know, accidentally eat a piece of bread for lunch or something like, I don't know. It's going to be so haphazard. I'm pretty surprised how often you say he's pooped through his diaper. Yeah. Like, I feel like Coda has done it maybe twice Hmm. that I can think of, but it's a rare, a rare occurrence. For a while, it was that in between period of between newborn clothes and small clothes and newborn diapers and small diapers. So he had just leveled up into small, but he was on the tiny end of small and his legs didn't really, you know, fill up the the leg holes of the diaper and so on or the leg holes of his clothes. And so you had a lot of leakage, but now he's grown into it. He's doing a lot better there, but now it's very situational. Like uh, I think this time I was sitting on the sofa. He was on my lap, but he had one leg sort of down at the sofa level and one leg was up kind of Mm. like on my stomach. And so he had kind of a spread eagle askew off kilter thing going and he let Mm. loose. And the telltale (laughs) sign of pooping through your clothes is that the smell hits you immediately because it's out there (laughs) in the open air. It's like the sommeliers come over and he's, you know, put the cork under your nose. (laughs) And it's like, Oh, this is a 2022 poop. That's terrible. It's a good year. Um, so yeah, yeah, it hits you, and you're like, okay, crisis, emergency, and then you rearrange your morning around that. Uh, something that I'm worried about, I'm kind of not looking forward to, is, uh, and more experienced parents will laugh at me now, but uh, there will come a day when we have to take this kid to daycare and have mm. more or less as a baby or toddler while we're working, and he's at daycare. And what if you're pr- getting ready in the morning? And you have this type of extreme event. The kid throws up or he poos yep. everywhere. And it's like, well, I needed to leave for work now, but I've got like a half hour of cleaning this child ahead of me. So I'm right. sure there are super fast ways to deal with it. And uh, you'll just have to make the best But You just have two buckets. You have one, you just dip him in really quick to clean off the gunk. Another one with soap in it to kind of... <laughs> <laughs> the bucket system hose there just to rinse them of course just dunk dunk hose <laughs> <laughs> all right well i think uh i think i answered your questions yes you've set my mind at ease that we're mostly in the same boat i did get out actually two days in a row for some cycling good for you yeah I'm jealous i think it's time to move on to some japanese of the day yes you're ready japanese of the daytime of the daytime yeah it could be nighttime i guess Depends on when you're listening. Um, Japanese of the day. Uh, This is something that I've heard a lot, especially in the last couple of days when we took the baby to the baby's great grandmother's house. So we had a couple of grandparents there, a couple of parents, a great grandmother, um, a great uncle came and went. So there was a lot of people coming and going who wanted to hold the baby. I really heard this verb for hold, uh, which is, Daku. Mm. 
I never ran across this word in my Japanese studies before. It's weird because you study Japanese for years and years, and then you get into a situation and you hear a word over and over that you just never came across. So mm-hmm. I would hear dako, which is a noun. There would be like dakosuru, and then uh, daku is also a verb, D-A-K-U. And both of these mm-hmm. mean to hold in terms of holding a baby. So when you're talking about holding the baby, do you want to hold the baby? You'll hear like, oh, dakoshitai, and that sort of thing. So mm. in my mind, I thought, well, hold and carry both. I've always known as motsu, which I don't know if you've come across motsu. I haven't heard that one. In your studies. But yeah, it's one of the sort of, you know, basic words for holding something or carrying something somewhere. And it makes mm. perfect sense, but no one's really saying it with the baby. So I asked my wife and she said that, uh, dako and daku really sound like I would say cradling something and she said mm-hmm. it could be used with a little animal or with a baby and it's like a gentle like holding so I looked at the kanji oh, okay. characters and the kanji in the dot of daku or dako is uh, it's the same almost the same as the kanji in tsutsumu or tsutsumi, that tsutsu is, uh, it, it, that's a verb that means to wrap something, like you might wrap food, uh, wrap leftovers or something like that. And hmm. it's that little uh, kanji that usually means wrap, plus the hand radical, uh, which is, you know, a piece of a kanji that gets added on to, to various characters. So if you think about like wrapping something with your hands, that is to hold a baby. And that is hmm. dakosuru or daku. That makes sense. It's pretty funny. Yesterday we were passing around Koda and Moe said Daku. And then I was like, Daku, I was like, Kodaku? And I was just trying to throw it together. And I feel like that was almost a dad joke, naturally. <laughs> that's very, that's approaching a dad joke. That's good. You've yeah. got like a handy abbreviation. Or, um, it works well yeah, because holding he Koda. Kodaku hates not being held. At the end of the day, hold, you know, it's like I always say, translating things, it's like Venn diagrams, especially between English and Japanese. There's this meaning in one side of the Venn diagram and there's a different meaning in the other side mm. and then they overlap somewhere. And so between the two languages, you'll have to use this word for this case or that word for that mm. case and it doesn't line up very well. Uh, when you're comparing such distant languages. But I would say almost daku or dakosuru is like to cradle something. It sounds like a very intimate and delicate holding of something. So dako, hold. So we've got time for a few dad jokes. And um, how many dad jokes are you looking at today? I've got five here. Holy God. (laughs) Let's see what we can get through. Okay. (laughs) I've got one. So maybe give give me four rapid fire. I'll slide in with one and then okay. cap it off. This one ties well to what we were talking about before. So, Conjunctivitis.com. That's a site for sore eyes. <laughs> That's good. That's very good. <laughs> uh, a little baby's health joke there. <laughs> I used to be addicted to soap, but I'm clean now. <laughs> okay, good. I was thinking, how does cold turkey fit into this? And it didn't at all. <laughs> when two vegans get in an argument, is it still called a beef? Mm, good question. Oh, nice surmise. Okay, I got one more actually. Do you want to go? Yeah, yeah. Before? Let me dive in. Okay, I'm gonna dive in here. I looked up uh, best Nintendo dad jokes, and um, oh, okay. found this one. My wife left me because I bought the new Nintendo, but I'm not even upset. 
because it was time for a switch. Ooh. Ooh. I don't know if the switch is new anymore. <laughs> Yikes. Outdated. <laughs> Definitely not. Okay, last one. Why are pediatricians always agitated? Uh oh. I always take these questions like a personal challenge. Why are pediatricians <laughs> always agitated? I don't know. Too many too many things to think about. I don't know why. Because they have little patience. <laughs> okay, that's good. Hi, 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 hi. Got it. It's perfect. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, that brings us to the exciting conclusion of episode 26. Thank you for listening. We hope this week's episode was informative and interesting. If you have any questions or comments, please reach out to us either on Twitter at JPops Podcast or by email at info at the Talk to you next time. It's pizza time. Pizza time.